You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into your Duke preview podcast here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard, we're with you every single day here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast, Monday to Friday. Check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We'll have updates and all that good stuff from the Duke game, so we will be live-tweeting all of that, so be sure to throw us a follow. Also, rate, review, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. All of that is much appreciated on Tim and my end. All right, Tim, we've got another winnable game for Syracuse on the horizon here with Duke coming to town. Let's get a winning streak going. Come on. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it would be nice to build a little winning streak, get some momentum going, because let's be honest, you've got a chance to rattle off three in a row here. Yeah. When you look at the one you've got in the bag right now with Georgia Tech, a winnable game against Duke. We're, we're going to get to our prop shop and our picks later on in the show. And then up next is Liberty. So you've got three games. This could be an, an over 500 football team, which I don't think you or I were really expecting. Maybe at the beginning of the season, we thought this team could be 3-2 and two after this little five-game stretch here. But after that, it gets really difficult. So it would be nice to have some of these wins in the bag. Again, I think we might see everyone get a bowl game this year. So the wins and losses is really just for seeding purposes, I guess you could say. But you're looking at a Duke team that, if you think Syracuse is bad, I mean, this is a a Spider-Man meme level game right here in terms of the quality (laughs) of play. It's going to feel like a high school game at times out there. Yeah, I mean, there's two terrible offenses on the field. Now, I would say Duke has played a tough schedule, tougher schedule, but Syracuse has played a tough schedule too, so... I mean, these are two teams that didn't have super high expectations going into the year. If you're Duke, though, this is like a as big of a must-win as it gets to be 0-4 and have a game here on the road against a team Who do you that, think feels worse right now, Duke or Syracuse, about their I schedule would say so far? Yeah, because I, I Duke, probably agree with you. Right. I mean, I'm down here in well, the North Well, at least Syracuse Carolina. has a win, too. Right. That's, that's kind of the difference maker. I'm down here in the North Carolina area— and there was some talk, some rumblings this week on local oh no. talk radio and everything about David Cutcliffe. And oh, no. It was kind of funny because I was listening to one segment with one of the local hosts down here, and he was like, I didn't even know Duke football had fans that cared enough to, to call in and, and start <laughs> start going at Because obviously that's a huge If they're not going school. after K, they, they don't care. Yeah. Right. And that's always how it's been. And I don't think that there's real serious movement to call for Dave Cutcliffe's job because this is the worst start he's ever had and this is the worst start Duke has had since 06 when it was really really bleak for them but like keep in mind Duke has not played a non-power five team yet they've played Virginia Virginia Tech BC and Notre Dame so when you played the Duke schedule game at the start of the year you probably would have guessed they'd be below 500 at this point it's just like they can't move the ball on offense. Chase Bryce has been underwhelming, and they haven't won a single game. So if you go to 0-5, I know they have NC State after this. This is kind of their stretch where if they don't pick up one win in the next two, then maybe there is some talks, more talks about David Cutcliffe's job. But I think it's still premature at this point. You know my favorite stat of all time in, in college football? It's it's a Dave Cutcliffe staff, stat, and I, oh, I know where you're going this past <laughs> season. I'm not sure because I haven't really checked the, the transfer portal too much from the Duke side of things, but he has never had a player transfer out of his program. Yeah. Isn't that remarkable? That's At a Duke, testament he's to never him. never 
had a player transfer. And Duke, that is the, the level of school for sure. Right, but, mm-hmm. right. That, that's a pretty fascinating stat. It's I, I've heard that thrown out, and I think it still is the case this year. And obviously, this year they bring in Bryce as a transfer, and we'll joke about this in the prop shop, I'm sure. But Syracuse fans know Chase Bryce. That's going to be a narrative all week long. The thing is, this year the Duke goes five and seven last year. They just miss out on a bowl game because they lose kind of heartbreaking fashion to UNC to end the year. They make some changes this year. Cutcliffe is now calling the offensive plays, and you bring in Chase Bryce, and it's like, okay, we had a good defense last year, a terrible offense, but there's reasons for optimism because Chase Bryce has played some pretty big-time football at Clemson, and you think you've got a better starting quarterback than you've had in a while, and Cutcliffe has this great history of being the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer. Well, Chase Bryce has underperformed. He's already tossed seven picks, and you can just tell he does not have the arm talent that even like Tommy DeVito does. I know that's always a buzzword with DeVito, but Bryce, like he can't throw deep very well, and he can't throw to the outside very well because he just lacks kind of pop on his throws, and that's led to several mistakes and interceptions so far, and that's been kind of the big thing for Duke is Bryce just hasn't panned out. And that's the interesting thing, too. Okay, so you bring up the interception numbers, seven so far this season. Second most in the country, which is only behind Jeff Sims, who Syracuse picked off four times in the last game that they played. But it's not like they're not giving him opportunity. This dude has the most attempts in the NCAA right now. They're letting Chase Bryce just whip it around the field left and right. And sure, maybe that contributes to the interception numbers, but... Like you mentioned, when the arm talent just isn't there and the efficiency, I think he's he's only completed like 55% of his passes. It keeps going down and down year after year after year. Now, again, he's been a backup most of those years, but it's not like he's not getting in the game. When you're playing at Clemson, you're still playing as the backup quarterback because Trevor Lawrence probably only plays three quarters of most games. So to see that, and, and of course, the quality of receiver that he's playing with now at Duke is not nearly what it is when he was playing at Clemson. So sure, those are all external factors, but you're getting the most attempts in college football and that's what you're putting out there. I mean, it's really concerning at the quarterback position for this Duke team. He was never some heralded recruit though, even though he went to Clemson. I mean, he was, he was a four good, star. Yeah. I think he like, was mostly a three star though on most services. Like it, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is some, but let's be honest. If he came to Syracuse, we'd be all giddy up and, and, I think, would Ben Walsh be throwing a holiday? Would it be an official holiday (laughs) for Chase Bryce? Well, he was lesser rated than DeVito. So, I mean, if we're putting it, like, when you watch Chase Bryce, it's not like, oh, this guy has all the tools. He just can't get out of his own head. It's kind of the opposite. It's like he's doing with what he has, and he just hasn't really been that confident throwing the football. And Honestly, Duke has just looked out of sorts on offense. There's been a lot of plays where he turns and hands it off to no one or like, you know, it's a play action. Yeah, just miscommunications. Yeah, tons of miscommunications, which maybe in hindsight bias, you think back, maybe the preseason expectations were too high on Duke considering it's a tough year to give Cutcliffe the reins as the play caller and bring in a new quarterback and have the, the camp that everyone had to deal with in this COVID era where... You have less time for Bryce to learn a relationship with the wide receivers and everything. But still, 0-4 is inexcusable, and he has not panned out, regardless of even lowering those expectations a little bit because of the times. 
So when you look at some of the advanced numbers, and we're going to get our DeBundo's digits report later on, but a little preview of some of these things for Chase Bryce, he's got the third highest usage among ACC quarterbacks. So that means that this Duke offense really relies on him to do things for them offensively, but he's got the fourth worst number in predicted points added per play. So that's basically the quality of play that you're putting out there on the field. How many points are you adding to your team on each play? And he's the fourth worst on that. And for a little bit of reference here, Tommy DeVito's numbers, he's got the 10th highest usage, and he is last in the ACC in predicted points added per play. So again, you can kind of see it with Tommy DeVito. Those numbers kind of correlate where you're 10th in in among 15 quarterbacks although i think that this the site that i use college football data they only they do not include Notre Dame in these metrics i'm pretty sure so out of 14 quarterbacks Tommy DeVito is 10th out of 14 in usage and last in predicted points added makes a little sense because you're not going to add a lot of points when your usage is lower but with Bryce a guy who's got the third highest usage and the fourth worst in predicted points added, that's a red flag uh, at the quarterback position for this Duke team and just shows the magnitude of the struggles. Yeah, for sure. So it did look a little bit better last week against Virginia Tech for Chase Bryce. His one interception, which that was by far his best game turnover-wise. I mean, he's had seven total on the season. He has one last week, and it was a tip ball. Honestly, a pretty good throw over the middle that the Duke receiver, who I forget his name, probably should have caught, and it just one of those tip balls that's like, that happens. And he's had a couple of those. And then the other thing, in his defense, this Duke offensive line brings back four starters from last year. It was supposed to be one of their deeper units. They've been banged up a little bit, and they have really underperformed. I mean, Bryce was facing constant pressure last week. He sacked seven times. So, again, it's kind of like Syracuse. When the offensive line is banged up and playing poorly, it's tough to move the football because Duke has never been a great running unit. They're more of kind of quick game style passing, get it out quick, get it to a slant, a curls, that type of throws in the David Cutcliffe offense. And they love to go empty formation a lot. And like you said, that's why his usage rate is so high because they're just going to throw the football and partially because they've been down in a lot of these games as well. So you're playing from behind and throwing more. But I don't know, like the offensive line has underperformed when you looked at the Duke team at the beginning of the year and it was offensive line should be a B plus or an A minus. They've been more like a D so far, kind of like Syracuse. But for Duke, it was supposed to be good. Syracuse, it was concerned going in and the injuries made it even worse. All right, got some more Duke thoughts in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Built Go from the same people that brought you the best protein bar on the market. Built Go is the premier workout gel. You know, everyone faces a mental or physical wall throughout the day. Break through it with Built Go. Justin Knight, one of our favorite guys to have on this podcast, he just got me on a little bit of a running program, and I use it before my runs every single day. It's the healthy replacement for your energy drink. Built Go comes in one and a half ounce packages, which means you can put it in your briefcase case, golf bag, or even in your pocket so you're ready to break through whatever wall life throws your way. Think of your favorite energy drink without the crash or unhealthiness. Bilko comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. It combines energy and collagen protein, which means it ignites a better day for you while also promoting joint soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally makes you look better. Right now, visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's 
go. So did you see the quote that Dino Babers threw out about Chase Bryce in, yes. in his press conference? I mean, can can we just break this down a little bit here? Sure. All right. So <laughs> he says that, and he's talking about Chase Bryce, a 2018 game that Syracuse played against Clemson. And remember, Trevor Lawrence goes out at halftime, Chase Bryce comes in. And Bryce technically pioneers this comeback for, for the Tigers in this game that, that you were at that game. team. I was at that game. <laughs> and Dino goes on to say, and, and this is this past week he says this, he's probably never going to have to buy a hamburger or a milkshake in South Carolina. I think people will remember his name. I surely will. All right, Dino, I think that's Dino kind of pumping his own tires on his own program a little too much there. Like, hmm. oh, you led this comeback against big, bad Syracuse. Now remember, Syracuse was pretty good that year. But still, like... I don't think these Clemson fans are all were all angsty about a potential loss to Syracuse that year. Like, if you lost to Syracuse, okay, you're still probably going to the playoff because it's not like you lost to some terrible team. No, you lost to a team that was on its way to being ranked. And yeah. I believe even after they were that big game, favorites, Syrac- though. In yeah, that Syracuse was not receiving votes. Uh, prior to that game, but after that game, I think they actually received some votes, if I'm remembering correctly. Receiving votes after a loss, which I think is is a true testament to how good Syracuse was that year. But let's let's not get it twisted here. I don't think Clemson fans are, are enamored by the comeback led by Chase Bryce. I mean, look at that final drive that was conducted against the Orange, okay? There were 13 plays run. 12 of them were running plays. So, Chase I love Bryce that you didn't did all this lead some. This is yeah, so he didn't great. <laughs> lead some mega comeback against the Orange. No, it, Travis Etienne and Tavion Feaster were the ones that that carried the load for that team and mounted that entire comeback. Yeah, I mean, this struck such a chord with you. I I didn't really care. I well, I do think like Dino's onto like, something. To put it into a, a Syracuse perspective, we love the the basketball program in the three one five. Yeah. Like, are we are we giving free hamburgers and milkshakes to Caleb Joseph? He was on a Final Four team. Like, no, we're not. Well, maybe we are to Braden Bayer for the block against Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's more of that type of scenario where he comes in and he's thrusted into this big moment. I kind of think Dino is more right than wrong here, though, because they won the national title that year, and if they don't get that fourth down pass, sure, it's one pass, but it's literally like, I know you're saying maybe they get into the playoff. I, I don't remember exactly what the scenario was that year, and I, I haven't gone back. But maybe they do, maybe they don't. And at the very least, they're a worse seed. So, I mean, you win a national title. That's what you play for. If Bryce doesn't make that throw, granted it is one throw, but still it was a big-time play when they needed it. Like they, Their season's completely different, probably, if he doesn't make that play. Well, I, I still think they get in. I still think that... I mean, was yeah. the was the committee really going to leave out Trevor Lawrence? Let's be honest. I, I don't. Right? Again, I don't remember what the exact and again, it was one of the situation. most dominant championship performances that we've seen in that right. game. So we would have been robbed if they had been kept out. Anyway, let's get into some other Duke stuff here, and then we'll get to Debundo's digits, our weekly Syracuse stats report for the upcoming matchup. Uh, I want to look at the running game a little bit. We we talked a lot about the defense, and we can hit on some defensive things for this Duke team in a little bit, but we hit on a lot of them on yesterday's show, which you can check out wherever you get your podcast. But 
out of the backfield, Deion Jackson, Mateo Durant, both solid runners. Again, this um, this offensive line for Duke, you mentioned, it's been an absolute disappointment for this team this so far this season, but they've got the fewest line yards in the ACC. That means the battle in the trenches is not being won by the offensive line for the Blue Devils, and also the second highest stuff rate in the ACC as well, only ahead of Syracuse actually, but I, I would imagine that number is going to get a little bit better for the Orange now that Sean Tucker is looking like the feature back, and I don't know if much is going to change on the Duke side of things here for Jackson and yeah for Jackson and Durant, and yeah. neither of them is really going to help you, or for Syracuse defensively, you're not going to get hurt by these guys pass catching out of the backfield either. I think they've got a combined eight receptions so far through four games, so you don't have to worry about that as a linebacker, and I think that's going to help Syracuse get some pressure on the quarterback. The security blanket for Duke has actually been more their tight end instead of the running back. Noah Gray, the senior, has put up some good numbers and has had several like good plays, good chemistry with Chase Bryce so far. I agree that the good news about the Duke rushing attack, they don't have a really like downhill physical runner, which I think is what could prove troublesome in the 3-3-5 down the road because a like there's only three defensive linemen there and then also it's just easier to get to the second level and you're asking defensive backs and line like slender guys to make stops in the second level more frequently and I think that's why we've seen a lot of missed tackles because it's these young defensive backs having to step up and make tackles the good news is Duke does not have a physical runner that will like bully you to the ground and just like feast on a Robert Hanna who is not undersized but he's just not the same not a linebacker strength as a linebacker yeah so I mean if you're Duke or if you're Syracuse going forward physical runners could prove troublesome you think of like an AJ Dillon last year I'd be worried if someone like that plays against Syracuse this year because in this system you're asking a lot of guys in the second level to have to make tackles in the open field. And it's worked out so far. That's one of the few flaws in the entire system. One more defensive note, and then we'll get to DeBundo's digits, is so we've mentioned the the defensive line for Duke. Pretty solid, but again, the numbers haven't been... They're a little deceiving at times. But I'm wondering if they can make Tommy DeVito work. I think that's going to be the big thing. If they can shut down the run game early and make Dino kind of force his hand into the passing game a little more than he would like. I would imagine this is going to be a run-heavy attack going into this game. You've got the worst rushing defense in the conference going up against a team that has gotten better and better each week running the football, and now you've got the bye week to fine-tune some things up front, fine-tune some things in the backfield. So I'm wondering if they can make Tommy DeVito work. If they're getting the pressure with guys like Victor Demukaji or Chris Rumpf, who does have that or designation on the depth chart this week, so look out for that in this, this game as well. But if they can get the pressure up front and make Tommy DeVito work, then they're going to have a chance here. But I, I really think that if the Syracuse rushing attack gets going, then Duke doesn't really stand much of a chance. Yeah, Duke has started games well and then kind of collapsed late, so it's going to be interesting how the first three or four series go for Syracuse because establishing the run, like you said, is going to be basically the key to this game for the Orange. And if Duke scores first also, I mean, that kind of puts the pressure on the Orange because I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't see a lot of comeback victories 
in the works for the Syracuse team now, in 2020. They don't have and, the offense. We saw it last year too. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Each week here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast, we give you a weekly stats report with Anthony DeBundo. It's DeBundo's Digits. The numbers you need to know. Anthony DeBundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's Syracuse matchup. DeBundo's Digits. On the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Hello and welcome to the second episode of DeBundo's Digits, a weekly update of Syracuse football analytics. The Orange are off the bye week following a win against Georgia Tech and will now face off with Duke in the Carrier Dome on Saturday. The Cuse and the Blue Devils enter the game as the two least successful offenses by success rate in the ACC. Duke is 0-4 in four conference games and they haven't found much success on a per-play basis at all. So while Georgia Tech was able to successfully run on the Orange for large portions of the game last week, the Blue Devils rank last in offensive line yards in the ACC and only the Orange have been stuffed on a higher percentage of run plays than Duke. Most Syracuse fans will remember Duke quarterback Chase Bryce from when he engineered a second-half comeback with Clemson in 2018 as the backup, but he struggled quite a bit in 2020. Only Syracuse has a worse passing success rate than Duke this season, but the Blue Devils have been able to find some success on explosive plays. They rank fourth there in passing explosiveness. Are you noticing a trend yet? We're dealing with two very bad offenses here. When it comes to finishing drives inside the opponent's 40-yard line, the Blue Devils sit third worst in the conference, but they're still averaging a full point more per opportunity than Syracuse. The Orange improved their points per opportunity last week, but remember that they did score two touchdowns on long Tommy DeVito touchdown passes, which do not count towards this metric. And there could be room for improvement for the Orange in finishing drives, considering that Duke has allowed the second most points per scoring opportunity in the ACC this year. They haven't been able to keep opponents out of the end zone, and the Cuse hasn't been able to get in the end zone. Something has to give on Saturday afternoon. And last week, the Orange's offense finally found some success on the ground through true freshman Sean Tucker. Tucker broke off some long runs and made significant improvements over Jawar Jordan and Mackenzie Pierre in the efficiency department. He helped improve their second-level rushing yards and their open field rushing yards. Now granted, GT's run defense wasn't very good, but Duke's isn't either. The Blue Devils overtook GT as the ACC's worst defensive line yards team against the run. The Orange should be able to find some success rushing yet again. And Duke's pass defense is middling in the ACC in success rate, but it is significantly better than the Yellow Jackets at preventing big passing plays. One place where the Orange have a definite edge over the Blue Devils is in havoc created. Defensive havoc is a measure of how well a team creates negative plays or turnovers. Duke's offense ranks at the bottom of the ACC by quite a margin in preventing opposition havoc. Compare this to the Orange, who have forced 10 turnovers in three games. Also, the Blue Devils' defense ranks near the bottom of the ACC in havoc created. Duke's inability on both sides of the ball to create game-changing plays could prove the difference between these two otherwise evenly matched teams. All right, thanks to Anthony DeBundo. Some very interesting stuff. I think he's kind of a, expecting a slop fest, kind of like we are, Tim. So yeah. we'll see how it all plays out on Saturday. Go check out his work with the Daily Orange, and you can find him on Twitter, at Anthony DeBundo. All right, coming up next, Tim, it's our favorite time of the week. We get we had to take a break from it last week because there I was know. no football game. So we will get to our prop shop as well as our predictions and picks for this upcoming game against Duke. That's next. All right, our favorite time of the week, we give out our picks to not just the real lines, but also the fake lines that we here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast have created. It is the prop shop. Tim, you are the heavy, heavy leader in the clubhouse right now. You're coming off a big week. 
from a week ago. Six and two, which puts you up another 400 from two weeks ago. You're overall this year 15 and seven plus nine ten. When it's overall. fake money, that's, of that's course. A, plus nine ten. Yeah, plus nine ten <laughs> of fake money, but. Anyway, I last week went an even four and four, didn't gain, didn't lose anything overall in the year. I am twelve and ten to put me up a hundred overall. I really wish you were gonna give me that Michael Jones turnover thing, but alas, wow. here we are. Okay. So let's start with this one, a guy that we've talked about a lot on today's show, Chase Bryce. When will there be the first mention package of video, all that stuff, the highlights? of what he did to Syracuse, that one throw he made that is going to get him hamburgers and milkshakes in Clemson, South Carolina for life. <laughs> is it over or under the first quarter of the game? So I, I said video package. I think we have to clarify because they're going to mention this mention this on like the first drive regardless. But what I'm I'd imagine is, they'd be done in tandem when it is brought up eventually. But yeah, yeah okay. By, by the letter of the law, because we need right. clarity here on these things. Let's go with a video package of highlights. Okay, over under first highlights, quarter. Highlights, actually, I should say. Okay, I'm going to say before like the first quarter ends, they're going to bring up a video package. This is going to be shoved down our throats. It's going to be a huge narrative, almost to the point where it's like uh, Brandon Trish winning his player ever when we're doing Bayheim's <laughs> Army games. Maybe not quite that bad, but yeah, I would say it happens before the first quarter. Wait, are you telling me that that? Uh, Brandon Trish is the the winningest player. Yeah, I don't know if you've Syracuse heard that, basketball. That's history. breaking news here on the podcast. Oh. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, the more you know. All right. Next, uh, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm also going to say it's going to happen in the first quarter, and I think it's going to happen first drive. I'll 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 do yeah, a little uh, lightning bet with you there. First drive. All right. Next up, we've got Sean Tucker. 24 carries on the ground last week. Will he go over or under the 14 that we're setting for this week? Should we go? Should we bump that to 14 and a half? So it's a yeah, it's we got can do that, that that little hook number on there. All right, 14 sure. and a half carries for Sean Tucker this week. I always forget about the half that Vegas has to throw in there. So I went back. Mo Neal averaged 14 point something. I can't remember the exact, but 14 point something carries per game last year when he was the lead back. But I think Tucker goes over a because Duke has a bad rush defense. B, because Jawar Jordan was banged up last week, and we don't know the full extent of his health. He, I hope, plays. I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see, but he went out of after like the fifth play of the game last week and never really looked like the same player. So I would say they give the ball to Tucker, and they give the ball to Tucker a lot, and he goes over that number pretty easily. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm going to go over that 14 and a half. I think he could get 22 to 25 touches this week. At least that's the way I would hope the game plan caters to Tucker in this game against Duke. So I'm going to agree with you there. We're going to go over. So we are in agreement through the first two. All right. It's our, our weekly Syracuse offensive line special here. Over under five and a half sacks allowed by the Syracuse offensive line. I'm going to go under. Again, I'm putting faith in the O-line. I think it's going to be close. Definitely closer than Georgia Tech because Duke does have Chris Rump. They've got some talent on the edge rusher position, and I haven't been very impressed with Aaron Service so far, so that's a big assignment. But like you said, he does have an or on the depth chart. So I'll go under just slightly. I'm going to go under two, but it's not for a lack of, of trying on the Duke end, I guess. I think it's just going to be the game plan, and you can't get sacks when you're not passing the ball as much, and I would imagine Syracuse 
going to go with a pretty run-heavy attack here. So I think that number is going to be a lot lower because of the flow of the game. So I am going to agree with you once again. We are three for three in agreement so far. Under so I'm five keeping my lead. That's allowed. the way I look yes, at this. Yes, you are. Just keep here's taking the same I'm, bets as me. <laughs> here's where I might be able to, to get a leg up on you. First, Syracuse touchdown. You ready for the odds? We're going Sean Tucker plus 185. That's followed up by Jawar Jordan at plus 250. Taj Harris plus 320. My guy, Aaron Hackett, plus 400. Nikeem Johnson plus 500. Uh, Markenzie Pierre plus 525. Tommy DeVito to run one in plus 550. Again, he has to run it, not throw it. Anthony Queeley plus 700. Luke Benson plus 800. No touchdown or another player plus 900. What do you like? All right, I'm going for a long shot here. I got a funny feeling about Luke Benson this week at plus 800 Ooh, for the first okay. touchdown. I think he gets into the end zone this week. Whether it's the first one, that's kind of up to chance and luck, of course. But they have not used Luke Benson enough, and the red zone thing has been so bad. But now after a bye week where you get to incorporate some new plays, they've got to be looking at maybe trying to get him open in space in the seams. Or when you get down to the red zone, go to some jumbo sets, two tight end sets like we've seen them do in the past. Luke Benson is too good to not start becoming a factor in this offense. I'm too high on him as a skill player, and when he gets the ball, he's too effective. So I think they'll try to use him more this week. So you're feasting on some plus 800 odds here. Now, I was eyeing down one of his his tight end colleagues in Aaron Hackett at the plus 400. I also, I also really like Tommy DeVito at plus 550. Mm-hmm. I think he could get in on a broken play from maybe 15, 12 yards out. Got the QB but sneak if you're, too. If, if you... you're going to go super risky, I think I got to play it a little safer here. I like Sean Tucker. I'm going to take him at the plus 185 here just to make up a little bit of ground on you. I, Sean Tucker is going to get into the end zone at some point during this game. It's just a matter of when. And I might as well take him to get that first Syracuse touchdown. All right. Now we're going to go to the Syracuse defensive side of the ball here. The over-under for turnovers forced, two and a half. Turnovers forced by the Syracuse defense. What do you like? So I'm going to be kind of a party pooper. I'm going to take the under. I think Chase Bryce tosses a pick and fumbles once or something. But two and a half is... I think what you have to set this number at, given how much the number suggests that Duke is turnover prone and Syracuse has just, I mean, it's not even just this year. You go back to 2018, they're leading the country with 66 takeaways since the start of the 2018 season. So this defense we know will force some turnovers, but I'm going to say they force two and slightly under the two and a half. I'm going to go with the over here. I mean, I think the numbers, you just have to follow the trend here. Syracuse, a team that is forcing over three turnovers a game. And then you've got on the other side, a quarterback who likes to throw the ball the other way and not just throw the ball. He gets the most passing attempts in the entire country. So when you do that math right there, I think that Chase Bryce could throw this ball away to the other side three times in this one. And you know what? I'm even going to pin a couple dudes that are going to get picks this week. Marlo Wax will get one. And I'm also, I, I like Trill to pick one up as well. All right. Now, now here's the part of, of stuff where you actually can make a play on. It is the spread and the total for this week. So Syracuse checks into this one as a plus two underdog. They are getting two points That's at so home. disrespectful to me. I can't believe I that. I know it opened We've as a We've seen this line but... dance around. Yep, it started as a pick got up to one and a half. Then it got up 
to two and a half, and now it has settled in at two points. This again, we are recording this on Thursday during the afternoon, so they are a two-point underdog at home with a total being set at fifty-one and a half points. Where do you lean? I feel like I'm low on Syracuse or lower than most after last week, and I still have them winning this game. I'm going to say 17-13. I'm also going to take the under because, as DeBundo laid out for us in his stats, these are two really, really bad offenses. So I think it's a low-scoring game. It's honestly probably going to be a very ugly and not that entertaining of a game to watch, very sloppy, maybe some bad miscommunications. Offense won't get going, but I'm going to say Syracuse wins at 17-13, and they definitely cover. I I don't bet, but if I did, I mean, that money line's intriguing at whatever it is at because this is just disrespectful. I know Duke is 0-4, and you can play Plus the urgency 112 card. if I can interest you in that. Okay, yeah. I See, I'm not going to say take it because then I'll jinx everyone who's already thinking of taking it, but like, I'm just not going to say don't take it because that feels disrespectful to me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm going to take Syracuse to win this game outright. They are going to cover the two points that they are getting at home here in this matchup in the Dome. So I, I'm, or the stadium, as I should say. Right, right. Um, but I'm going to take Syracuse to win this game. I think they do it with the run. And because they're doing it with the run, a lot of clock's going to get chewed off. So that means the under is also going to cash in as well. I'm going to take Syracuse to win in this game 27 to 17 over the blue devils what is the over under by the way do you have it? 51 and a half i don't know if i yeah, said that earlier, i'd go but way under and that. a half is where uh that number and it opened at 52 and a half so it has dropped a point in, in the total department there heading into this matchup so tim and i both thinking this syracuse team going to be two and two after this little stretch here and, and looking at three and two maybe at, with a, a Liberty game on the horizon, which we will preview next week. All right, so that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. We're getting you ready for all things Duke. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse to get all the latest updates and stuff about the podcast, about Syracuse football, Syracuse basketball, recruiting, all that good stuff. Enjoy the game this weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Oh.